You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may have been unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I um, have had India on many, many, many times as my co-host. I've done kind of live feedback interviews that gave you some insight into what it was like to work with me. That was a few weeks back with um, Tara Newman. And um, we've also done um, like some panels. We've given you some cuts of other things to kind of give you some insight into what it's like to be in the room with some of the events that we have. Like I've done a few different types of um, episodes. This one, it's, it's something that I, I kind of couldn't have asked for a better way to really let you into what it feels like to work with me, what it feels like to be on the receiving end of a conversation with me that's more than just a conversation. Uh, back in October, um, I was able to speak twice at She Podcast. I was on a panel as well as actually having um, keynoted a speaker, a speech for myself. Um, and this young lady was in the room and she noticed something and it just kind of didn't sit well with her. She reached out to me and we began some dialogue around what it was that was going on, what came up for her. Uh, She was looking for some support from me on kind of what to do next. And it didn't feel like enough to just give her um, a task or just say, hey, here's an action. It really felt like one of those moments where there was more to it than that. And it could serve a much more viable and robust purpose. And she was actually on board to partner with me in this. And this is the conversation I'm going to bring to you today. So you're actually going to hear exactly what it sounds like for me to not only um, have this conversation with her, but to have heard firsthand from her exactly what was going on for her, where she was in her process of imperfect allyship, the challenges that she was kind of running up against 
and what I kind of talked through with her on what she could do and to give her some space to feel her feels and to just kind of decide what do I do next? And it was a very powerful conversation. And again, I am, I, I am just really happy to be able to bring this to you and just to show, and it's funny cause I do, I do DEI work and sometimes it can seem very heavy. And I like to remind people that like, I'm a human. So there's a point in there that you're going to hear something. You're going to hear me laugh cause it's funny. And I didn't cut it because I think that it's important for people to understand that I'm a human. I'm not here to shame you and I'm not here to bring blame and all of the negativity and make it any harder than what it already is. And I think that for you to be able to see that, like, I'm an actual person, I laugh, I, I have actual normal emotions and to humanize myself for you, I think that that's a very important part of allowing you to feel comfortable to bring yourself, your challenges and all of you to the table the way that this young lady did and to allow me to support you. So again, this is a very open, vulnerable conversation as candid. I did not cut it. Um, it is as, as it is. Um, I did not mention her name. This was something that we agreed on because this was a space for her to be able to feel completely comfortable, um, being fully candid with this. And I felt like that was um, a very important piece of this as well. So again, listen in, hear what you hear that supports you and is what you needed today for your place in your journey of imperfect allyship. So, so you had um, actually messaged me not too long ago and it came on the heels of um, a speech that I had given and you brought some really interesting context and um, an interesting experience to me. And I felt like bringing it to the pause on the play audience was extremely valuable. So do you mind just giving a little bit of backstory on kind of how this began and how we got here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically I was attending a lecture you were giving at an event on being an imperfect ally and it was an awesome talk i learned a lot and i think a lot of the other people in the audience did as well there was some good conversation going on um and then there was a q a section at the end of your talk and uh so people could have the opportunity to ask you specific questions about allyship in their lives um and well, there was there was one woman who raised her hand and she started talking about I believe it was something something about how she had tried to be an ally in her life that sort of thing I don't remember exactly what she said uh, the first part of what she said but uh, towards the end she said uh, something about how she was trying to um, enact allyship in her social media and she said. So the, so one thing I did was I got on social media and I followed 50 more people who didn't look like me. And I distinctly remember her saying that because it kind of um, perked my ears up a little bit because I had seen a tweet uh, from, from, I believe, a black woman several months, uh, several months before, and, and it was using the same exact phrasing. It said, it was basically, hey, white people, um, if you want a way to support people of color and educate yourselves without making us perform 
the emotional labor of teaching you, then a really easy thing you can do is get on social media and follow 50 more people who don't look like you. And so that specific phrasing that was used in the tweet and then repeated by this woman in the lecture um, really got my attention. And so it seemed to me uh, that she was taking this black woman's idea and advice and sort of presenting it as her own, as self-generated. Um, and she got some good positive feedback from people, you know, people were giving her snaps in the audience and she seemed like, she seemed to be kind of getting a little something off of that. And it, the whole thing just made me feel very uneasy. And my initial reaction in my head was to call her out right then and there or to say something maybe passive aggressive, you know, raise my hand and be like, oh, I saw that same tweet or something like that. Um, but one of the things you had opened the talk with was saying that this was a shame and judgment free situation. So, and I really appreciated that. And I know a lot of, I know everyone else there did as well. And that allowed us to have the conversation that we were having. So I wanted to respect that. And I ultimately checked my initial reaction and I didn't raise my hand. I didn't call her out. I didn't say anything. And I just thought I would kind of let it go and that would be the end of it. But as days went on, this kept nagging at me and I kept feeling like I should say something, especially since this had been an allyship workshop and I'm trying to be a good ally as, as a white woman. I'm trying to be a good ally to women of color, people of color. And so I just kept thinking about the situation and feeling like, maybe this was worth addressing, maybe this was a learning opportunity for for me or for her or whatever. And, um, and so that's when I reached out to you, uh, kind of uh, in a panic a little bit, trying to figure out uh, what I should do and how to address this. So, um, my, so my, my question was basically, yes, how do I deal with this situation? But also this is something that I feel like I have seen happen in various forms, in various arenas of my life uh, and in the world fairly often. I mean, we see there's been a history of white people taking credit for the ideas of people of color a lot. I mean, most recently um, with the Me Too movement, Toronto Burke started the hashtag Me Too, and then Alyssa Milano gets credit for it. So that sort of thing just really has been on my radar and really is frustrating for me to see. And um, so then to have this situation happen right in front of me, it it seemed like the opportunity to actually do something about it. But so my question for you is kind of how to address this specific situation, but also how to address or deal with this type of thing when it inevitably comes up again. So the first thing is I appreciate the fact that it even showed up on your radar to consider it. I think that it's important to acknowledge, you know, where things are coming from and just kind of paying attention to, I guess, when that whole intent thing pops up and then, you know, obviously how impact then happens because sometimes there's a disconnect between it and sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's not. But in order to figure out whether or not it's intentional, you have to first just even notice that okay. it's there. So 
the fact that it showed up for you means that there's a level of awareness there. And before you can have any type of in, uh, allyship, uh, in, imperfect or not, you have to have that awareness. So right. there's that. Um, I think there's a few different things with it. I think that it is important to acknowledge if things are, if it feels as though it is something that is being kind of taken credit for that isn't yours. Right. I think that it is important to acknowledge those things um, and to acknowledge it being the person that looks different from the person receiving the offense, I think is important because it, it can land very differently. So when you see it and you call it out, it then is less of an opportunity for someone to say, oh, well, I mean, I'm just doing X, Y, Z. And now somehow or another they're centering themselves or they're just making excuses. And so if a white woman is called out by another white woman or just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, brought into conversation to say, Hey, I noticed this and let's kind of talk about it. I think that there's an opportunity to be able to bring some attention to it in a way that could be different if a woman of color did it in, in some of these cases. So I think okay. that that's a big part of allyship. Um, I think there's that. So I think the concept itself is there. Um, I think, and I think the Alyssa Milano example is a good example of it because the Me Too movement was something that was, it existed years mm -hmm. before it yeah. kind of popped up. So I think that that's, that's a really good example. Now, where I think that there may be a little difference, um, and while I don't know specifically what Alyssa Milano did in that specific instance, I know that she has been caught a few times kind of taking accolades for things, I'll say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's aware of it, but it's happening. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes people have the intention of, oh, I'm bringing light to something, or I'm bringing attention to it, or I'm utilizing my platform. Mm -hmm. um, some people are clearly aware that they are taking um, uh, this, like, this is mine. Like they yeah. are clearly aware of that. So in this particular case, I don't know if the woman that made that comment in the audience, if she was so much saying, this is mine or simply saying, this is something that you can do. Now right. there, there is the fact that she could have possibly said, you know, this was something that I came across, I did this, and I can see how, you know, it really made an impact for me. Mm -hmm. So this is something that maybe you can try. It could have been framed differently. Yeah, um, for sure. Yet at the same time, you know, she didn't verbatim come out and say, hey, I know what everyone should go do. Right. So that's where sometimes it can be um, kind of a, a tricky thing because, um, you don't want to find yourself in a place of uh, forcing people to, to have to censor things because yeah. they're not saying it a certain way. So True. while yes. while I think that it maybe could have been framed differently, I didn't necessarily hear her say, this is mine. However, okay. with that, there was energy with what she said that could have been lost if you weren't in the room that mm -hmm. did feel as though she wanted something that I tell people very often you won't get. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call the cookies. Yeah. You're not getting the yeah. cookies. Exactly. <laughs> so I do think that it was one of those. Um, and just to give a little bit of context, I do think that what can happen sometimes is 
you can have some individuals that are trying to move through allyship and they don't know if they're on the right path. So if they find themselves in a room with somebody to be able to kind of cross-check it with, sometimes it can become, I'm doing this right, right? Is this it? Is this okay? Yeah. And I, I think that that could be one of those things where it's just like, I don't really have an opportunity to get a whole lot of feedback and maybe now I do. Sure. And yeah. so here I am now presenting what I did in hopes that this is getting kind of the seal of approval. But again, mm -hmm. there's a really fine line mm -hmm. where it can come off from a place of you're looking for accolades for simply doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, that's everything you're saying is kind of what I've been struggling with too ever since. And one of the reasons that I didn't immediately bring it up with you or, um, and one of the reasons that I kind of just thought I would um, put it to the side because I wasn't sure that my perception of that event was accurate or unbiased. I kept checking myself and being like, okay, well, maybe I should give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe, like you say, maybe she just didn't frame it right. And I was trying to come at it from a more, from a less judgmental place. Um, so I don't know what her intention was. And that was something that I really kept um, going back and forth on and, and wondering if I should maybe just give her a little more, um, give her the benefit of the doubt. But like you say, I mean, you were there and, and that thing that you said at the very beginning, right, the, this is not about getting cookies, that really stuck with me too. And that's the thing that I also kept coming back to. And it is this fine line. Yeah. And so I don't want to be super judgmental. Um, and I don't want to assume the worst right off the bat. But yeah, situationally, I think there were some complexities there. <laughs> that are worth, um, you know, are, are worth examining a little more. And I think that that's a big part of it. I think that there's pieces of nuance that can easily kind of get lost or glossed over if they're not addressed or they're not kind of um, peel back a little bit to kind of see a little bit more about what's going on there and what maybe is contributing to it. And, you know, I, I do, um, and I, and I, for the sake of the audience, I do appreciate the fact that um, it it didn't get addressed there because I don't want someone to feel as though they can't speak because the the yeah. the honest truth of it is is that I don't think that what you would have mentioned to her would have been wrong, but I also know that it's already a sensitive subject, and right. so it could very easily then put people into a place of shame or fear of like, well, I, I don't mm -hmm. want to say something and maybe I just got so used to doing this and maybe I did get it from someone else and I don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, did I do this? Yeah. So it is, and, and it's more because we're now in a group environment and people can become hypersensitive to whether or not they're doing it right or wrong. Yeah. So I think that that is true. Now, the other side of that as well, and this is where there's a lot of layers to it. Mm -hmm. I think that your instinct told you something, you know, your spidey yeah. sense kind of went off like, okay, yeah, something, something's not right. I might not know exactly what it is, but I know that something yeah. is standing out to me here. 
Um, and that stuck with you. And so I think that that, um, what happens is, is when that comes up, I think it takes a little bit of practice of getting used to that. But I think that that is prompting you to an opportunity to dig a little deeper and to have conversation because it, it, it would, it would have been fine if you had, um, you know, maybe approached her afterwards or any other times that you'd seen her again Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, said, Hey, you know, we were in, you know, at this talk together and I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, inquire a little bit more about something you said. Um, I was kind of wondering, you know, how did this come up for you? What were your feelings around it? And I didn't want to do it there. So, you know, if you, you, you have a quick second and maybe yeah. just kind of seeing how that conversation goes, because at that point you're able to get some context, you're able to kind of maybe get a better read on what the intentions were or yeah. maybe where she was coming from. But it also gives you an opportunity to have conversation around something that a lot of people are afraid to have conversation about something Mm -hmm. that they shy away from and they shy away from being the person that is initiating conversation on something that maybe does need some adjustment because the reality is, is that she might not have even again, recognized it. And then as you're talking, you know, you could have been like, you know, yeah, I think I remember seeing something really similar and it's like, yeah, I saw that. And that was what made me feel that way. And so Mm -hmm. at that point, if she's maybe approached it that way, it's like, okay, you're obviously not trying to say it was yours. Right. This is kind of where this comes from. Or it could be, you know, really, I've never seen that. Where did you see that? Or, yeah, I started doing, you know, you can kind of tell what the response is on kind of maybe what's going to happen next. Because, again, that goes back to part of that allyship being having conversations with people that don't look like you about mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And, whether it's about challenging things, whether it's about bringing attention to things, whether it's about just simply engaging in something that maybe isn't being engaged in often enough. And then from there, you can kind of see what happens. But, you know, that gives you that chance to kind of maybe take the temperature as to where she came from with it. Because I think as you're stepping into allyship, part of what you're stepping into is that responsibility to say, when this comes up, I am then going to be the one to have this conversation. I am going to be the one to, I am going to be the one that, kind of initiates this because I want to be a, I want to be a a part of the conversation. I want to be a moderator and I don't want to then um, prompt anyone to have to do the emotional labor of it. So in that emotional labor, um, if that's a term that um, some of the listeners maybe aren't used to, that's what can come up with that sometimes online is you'll have people that will say, well, what does this mean? Or what does this mean? And these are some things that can easily be Googled or you can easily kind of find the information on your own. Um, And just kind of wanting someone to do that emotional labor is putting someone in this position of, I could do this for myself, but I would rather you do it for me and I'm going to put the necessity for it on you versus letting it be my, my own responsibility. So, you know, being able to 
kind of be that moderator is a part of taking that ownership and saying when these things come up, the whole see something, say something. I am now stepping into a place of, okay, I don't feel right about this. I feel like there's some things that aren't quite accurate or okay here. I'm going to have the conversation, see what else I get. And from there I can go with it. And at that point, if you felt like it was, you know, it clearly maybe felt like, okay, you took this from somewhere. I could say, yeah, I saw that. And I felt like that was something that came from a woman of color and being that we're all trying to be allies here. um, You know, I think that taking the ownership of intellectual property that isn't yours is doing them a disservice. And maybe that's not being the type of ally that your words say that you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This being an allyship workshop, st- <laughs> the layers of this situation were not lost on me. Um, right. But yeah. And honestly, it's something that I'm now kind of kicking myself for not doing um, maybe approaching her after the fact and saying something like like what you're talking about i think now in hindsight that probably would have been the best option um but again i was just i was kind of second guessing myself constantly like am i just being petty like is this even worth calling out is this even worth addressing am i taking this too seriously and then on the flip side i i think no this is important this is this is this is an example of one of those daily things you can do in your life to try to be a good ally and to address these things. And so I just really was kind of at war with myself. And by the time I realized that it was probably worth addressing, um, I was not going to see this person anymore. You know, the event was over and um, I can now probably, uh, I can, I could find her on online on social um and i could maybe start a conversation that way do you think that that would be worth it at this point or do you think the time has sort of passed obviously it would have been ideal to have that conversation in person but what do you think i should do at this point if anything only you can answer whether or not it's worth saying something now i think that if it is something that is sticking with you then you have to decide if it's a conversation that needs to be had. I think in, um, in what I kind of heard from you um, in the message when, you know, you kind of began to talk to me about the challenge and things like that. And I, I heard a few different things kind of warring within you in that yeah. you wanted to um, acknowledge what was going on because it felt like there was something that wasn't okay about it. You, wanted to be a you know um an imperfect ally and speak up even if you didn't quite know how to do it or you know kind of what was going to come from it but then you also were being considerate of the space and saying well you know I want it to be shame and and kind of guilt free but then there was that part of you that's like well I also don't want to center myself is that what I'm doing if I'm calling this out and so yeah i th- i think there's a number of things there that could be they could quote unquote you know be addressed or labeled but only you know what the 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 true actions are um 
because at the end of the day, again, if it's something that's sticking with you, then that's where, you know, you're trying to trust your intuition and go with that. I think um, what may help is being that this is someone that um, you could contact online, maybe see if you feel like their content normally does this. If you feel like their content Mm. feels like it's doing a lot of centering or it's doing a lot of like, this is mine and taking credit or responsibility for things that aren't theirs, then I think that that may answer part of your question. If you feel like it's just a matter of maybe she didn't quite frame it the way that she really wanted to, because it was just, again, a moment that maybe had some adrenaline and it was just kind of like, yeah, that may not have been the best way to put it, but hopefully people got where I was coming from. You might get a little bit more of a peek into what the intentions are that she tends to yeah. put out. Um, but I, but the, the beauty of it is, is that it can be really easy to feel like I had an opportunity and I didn't do anything. And I don't think that mm-hmm. that's true. I think that it came up for you you felt into it and noticed that there was something there. You then reached out to me and it started a dialogue that I then invited you here to have this conversation because I don't think that this is an isolated thing. I think that it is very important to address it. And so even if um, you don't mention it, you know, whether you do or you don't, the fact of the matter is, is that you had something that then became a mass teachable moment. You stepped into a place of, I think I need help. And you asked for it. And I, you know, I kind of need some, you know, I'm trying to look at this objectively and I'm not sure if I'm doing that. And you asked for that support and you're now giving other people an opportunity to consider if this has happened to them, if maybe they've been on the other side of it and some things to consider for how they can move forward with it. And that's a that's a huge thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I guess I'm I'm really glad that you um invited me to be on the podcast uh to have kind of a broader conversation rather than just looking at this one discrete example kind of in private. I, I think that was a really good idea because I know I am not the only white person, white woman to see this happen on a day-to-day basis and just be wondering what am I supposed to do about this so I'm really hoping that people will identify with one or the other side or both maybe I'm sure I've been guilty of of doing the same thing at some point I I would hope I don't do it very often it's something that I'm definitely increasing my awareness of you know give credit where it's due especially if it's a person of color like And so I just hope people will, you know, they will identify with um, one or both of the stances in this and and just kind of be more aware of this sort of thing. Um, So yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me to talk on the podcast. I hope, I hope some people, I hope this will help some people. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, really appreciate that you were willing to step into that place of being vulnerable and open about it and giving people, you know, a glimpse into what it can look like and how um, it's not always easy, but imperfect action and imperfect allyship, it's, it's a constant 
learning journey and there is no like, oh, I know all the things and I'm good. And there's always something that you can pick up. There's always another opportunity to kind of just, you know, get curious around it, dig a little deeper um, and to just kind of see where, you know, how are you feeling about it? You know, where's this coming from? Why are you feeling this way? You know, what can I do with this? What could I maybe do differently? I think there's a lot of opportunities and I think that you presented, you know, the audience with um, a peek into that. You gave yourself an opportunity to talk through something. And again, I appreciate that you gave me the chance because I didn't want to just give you an answer and not be able to kind of go through some of the what ifs with it, some of the layers of it and not have that full context because I didn't feel like that was going to be of service to you either. And so being able to step into that place of I'm willing to be open. um, You know, I, I want to kind of see what comes of it. I want to talk through it. I want that support. I mean, that means a lot. And again, being vulnerable and just open is a huge part of it because it's not always easy and you are going to have things like this pop up and you're Mm going to feel like I got to step up and it's uncomfortable, but I also don't feel right if I don't. So it can be very valuable to kind of see what are some ways that it can be approached because sometimes I think that it is, you know, how do I address this with this person? Sometimes it becomes, how do you um, address this? you know, with a platform that you have. And I think that, you know, us bringing it here to the podcast is one of those things, but just also seeing how can this be something that is addressed in a way that is, the solution is bigger than the challenge because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I saw this happen and I don't know what to do with it. But at the same time, I want to, you know, find some other ways versus just this one direction that I can kind of come at this from. And that's where I think um, there is being able to have that conversation. I think there is, you know, kind of seeing what her greater intent can look like and saying, if you feel as though, you know, or not, if you feel as though you should have the conversation, but maybe how that conversation um, goes from there. I think it gives you that place to kind of see what this can look like going forward for your interactions with other people, things that you can take um, and, and have in mind for yourself. I think there's a number of things from it and bringing it to the podcast gave an alternative way of addressing something that could have just been left there. And then there was no diving deeper on it. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately that's what I didn't want to happen. I, kind of decided that I would be kicking myself if I just kind of let this go on um, kind of unchecked and unchallenged. Um, so yeah, I'm ultimately really glad that I did uh, bring it to you. It's definitely, it feels, it feels worthwhile for sure. And I'm not someone who, I really hate confrontation. That's the other thing that I was kind of struggling with. i really hate interpersonal conflict and that sort of thing and that's something that I have really I need to work on being more comfortable uh, with that when it's something like this that is important to address Um, and I think a lot of a lot of people can probably identify with that as well Um, 
Sorry, that's my cat sneezing. You can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, she's sick. <laughs> Life happens. You're fine. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, white people, I think a lot of white women that I know don't feel comfortable addressing this type of thing. And I have been guilty of that most of my life. And just, it's it's the bystander effect as well. You know, um, I've studied criminal justice. So it's, it's something that I'm aware of psychologically. You know, people don't want to get involved. It's so much easier to just stand back and watch something happen or to think that it's not your business. And what history has taught us is that's rarely the right thing to do. Uh, you know, it's the people who do get involved when they see something that doesn't sit right with them those are the people we should look to I think so this being on the podcast was also me pushing myself to um, engage more in a in an arena that I've kind of been a little bit afraid to engage in um, but I'm, I'm trying to do better on that so so thank you again for this opportunity you're welcome I, I appreciate that you did and the beauty of what you did was I think that it gave some insight into how it's not an easy thing, yet it didn't sit right with you to do the easy thing. And it gives some, it gives kind of some um, insight into if this is what it feels like for you, then what does it then feel like for the person receiving it? What does it feel like for the person of color? that maybe is involved in these kinds of things with a person of color that feels as though they're not being heard, um, even if they do speak up. So I think that it's most of us as a general statement, I don't think tend to like conversation, um, uh, confrontation. I think there are some people that confrontation maybe doesn't bother them as much, but as a general statement, um, I think on average, a lot of people don't really want to be confrontational, but I think being able to address that you are now being able to kind of understand what I tell a lot of people in that whatever discomfort you're experiencing as an ally, um, consider that opting out of that, you know, what does that discomfort that you felt look like for the person that doesn't have the option or the privilege to opt out you know times 10 or times 100 times a thousand like it's it can be way bigger but being able to do that it's just it can sometimes bring a little bit of perspective to like okay I can see how maybe this in the moment makes me feel a certain way but how does this feel to the person that they don't get to walk away from this conversation they live the conversation yeah yeah totally and that's kind of what I what it came down to at the end of the day yeah it's it's definitely something that we should all kind of be more aware of it's our discomfort is not um it's it's not the worst thing in the world and uh it's a small a small pill to swallow i think in the grand scheme of things so yeah agreed so i'll kind of try to wrap it up um I mean, again, you you share quite a bit. Um, we discussed a few different ways that you can possibly move forward. Um, yeah. I always like to give people something that they can then move forward with, um, with their imperfect action that goes with that imperfect allyship. So what do you think would be your actions um, based on the information that you now have to kind of make your decision? I think... 
you had a really good suggestion about maybe getting some more information first if I'm still feeling a little tentative about whether I should reach out to this person. I can find her on social media. I could follow her and, and look at some of the things um, that she puts out and get a better sense of is this a habit of hers of centering herself um, just to get more information about that. And then I think I'll have a better, I'll be in a better position to make a decision um, about whether to reach out and then what to say exactly. But I do want to pursue this for sure. Um, even if it's just kind of more information gathering and then going from there. I think that's probably the best option um, at this point. I think that's a really good idea. So I will probably start there, yeah. And um, I would hope to probably message her or um, get in contact with her at some point just to, just to kind of clarify things. Right. I think that that'll probably work well for you because again, not that I'm advocating stalking people or anything, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I think sometimes having context is helpful because again, sometimes, yeah. you know, e emotions can, can run high and, you know, to misspeak is, is human and we all have moments that yeah. we do it and it's like, that wasn't really what I meant. So exactly. being able to have that context, I think can um, help to shape your approach and the conversation that you aim to have to hopefully have, you know, the, the, the best possible outcome that isn't about, you know, no one's being centered, no one's being attacked, no one's being, you know, called out for being wrong. It's simply about trying to engage and have dialogue and hopefully, you know, have, um, you know, connection and possible teach, teachable moments and, yeah kind of go from there exactly yeah that's what i'm really hoping i think to get from this um more i guess less of a calling out which feels very one-sided and possibly will lead the person to just react defensively and more right. of calling in i guess is the term that i'm hearing these days it's Perfect. it's more about starting a dialogue um yeah i don't want to attack this person i don't want to put them on the defensive but i do want to make them aware of what they might be doing habitually um, if it is if it is a problem so i think that's a really good suggestion i think i'll probably start with that yeah perfect i that i think that's a really good plan of action um awesome. If you find that you need more support, um, just know that my door is open. These are the types of things that I appreciate when people do feel comfortable enough to, to come to me because it gives an opportunity for you to say that I need support. Um, and I don't want to just kind of go off on my own and, you know, try to be the Lone Ranger and maybe it's not going to land the way that I want. So, you know, yeah. we all have moments when context is helpful. So I just appreciate you allowing me to support you in that way. No, oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate the, the workshop you gave and all the work that you do. I really, really do appreciate it. And you're, you're teaching us all how to be better human beings, honestly. And um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you, Erica. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This episode 
gave you a peek into what conversation is like with me that can support you in the changes that you want to make. Whether you are adjusting your company culture, creating inclusive hiring frameworks, or looking to begin the process of integrating your business with inclusive and equitable actions, I can help. My Ask All The Things one-to-one coaching package brings us together to collaborate on creating a game plan to get you to your goals. And I said collaborate because these are your goals. I am here to support you, not make you do what it is that I want you to do. This is for you. I give you tangible actions and steps to take combined with energetic check-ins to make sure you don't burn out along the way. You also get accountability support between your calls to keep you on track. I am here to partner with you as you make shit happen. Visit ericacorday.com forward slash services today to learn more. We show up here having real conversations to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. Cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection. If you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. We love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?